0: Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs. Coming up on today's show, we're gonna talk about Luca because we have to talk about Luca after the way he played um, without Chris Stapps on Sunday, and then we're gonna talk about wing defense. That's all coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Cleveland Cavaliers select Darius Garland
0: from Vanderbilt University. My, my, my. It's called the Kevin Love Show. Ari Ari, he's got Xbox out him today. That's the kill On the blue box. He put him in some boots. college him Sexton for two. Evan, um, Luka Doncic, um, my God, um, the shot he hit. I'm going to I'm gonna play the clip here just so in case people didn't hear the Mike Breen call. It's just incredible. So audio courtesy of ABC, blah, blah, blah. But this call is incredible. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang, bang, it's good. Doncic wins the game at the buzzer. So, Luka has a forty point triple double. He hits the shot to tie the series against the Clippers team. I have like Doc Rivers questions coming out of that game uh, about lineup decisions and you know having Reggie Jackson like guard Luka, which is just uh, objectively like a dumb decision. But Luka Doncic is everything I think every Cleveland Cavaliers fan like hopes their next player can be. And like um, I think Mike Schriner, who I used to work with, at right then, you could way back in the day. I had a tweet on Sunday about like how there's such a big Slovenian population in Cleveland, and I just kept thinking about like what, um, how, b- how big he would be in the city in a really cool way. But man, that guy is incredible, and like that, that is what a trans a trans like a transcendent player looks like. That's the word. I was that's looking for. that's trans- the transcendent. guy.
1: That's the guy. It,
0: that's not a guy. Um, <clears throat> that's not guy. a god. That's a dude. As a
1: they would say an end game, I think. But Evan, world, he but... didn't
0: play against uh Marquette and didn't get sub like shunned for a fourth year senior in the big tournament by Tom Izzo. You know? Yeah. Like didn't didn't go up against well, that, that college basketball gauntlet. John Bayland would ruin him anyway. Um all, no joking.
1: It's a shame because if you really think about the nitty gritty things, if at all LeBron threw that game against Brooklyn because the Cavs refused to trade the Nets pick and during his last season here. And I firmly believe, I mean, I'm sure the lottery odds could have been completely different and the Cavs end up with a different pick in that scenario, but there's a good chance we could be talking about Luka the Cavalier right now if LeBron didn't throw that game, in my opinion. And that's a that's a big what-if for me because, um, like you said, East Cleveland has a big Eastern European population as a whole. They would flock to him and celebrate him and embrace him as the – I mean, look at uh, Stipe – he's he's as cleveland as it gets and he's a big fan or a big player in the eastern european population like luca would get the same love and adoration and would elevate the floor of the calves and there's a lot of what ifs there you could say um lebron stays and plays with luca and it's just absolutely bonkers on offense and pretty bad on defense but it's a lot of what ifs in that scenario and it's something i think about every now and then colin saxon's a fine player but I'm a big Luka guy. I've always liked Luka. I think the narrative that uh, him playing against lesser opponents is a stupid one. Um, You really can't discount the fact that he's been playing professionally since he was like 15 or 16. Yeah, he has his lumps and his flaws. He's not very athletic, but he's a transcendent player, like you said, as well. Like, just truly special, truly gifted. And he's delightful to watch play. And just, he's a maestro with the basketball in his hands.
0: Him being what he is, is incredibly fun him being what he is makes like taking Marvin Bagley over him and taking Dandre Ayton over him. Just absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had to
1: go out and have a cigarette like Jason Pat said after he saw that.
0: (laughs) Um, you know, like even like Trey is, I think the other transcending guy from that class in a lot of ways, but like Mm -hmm. Trey is not Luca.
1: No Luca. See, the thing is that the Kings didn't skip over Luca for Marvin Bagley we would have more fodder and ammo against the hawks for not for trading for trading Luca for essentially trey young and
0: um Deandre, cam, and then what i think dendry or cam reddish it's cam, it cam, yeah, it cam reddish so for those two like
1: yeah trey young is super exciting and super fun but he doesn't elevate the raise the floor or the ceiling of the hawks quite like Luca has for the magic like he has the potential to sure trey young is a great transcendent player he's fun and exciting and all these great things, there's a reason why the Cavs had him number one on their draft, or number two on their draft four behind Luca that year, so and they really wanted to get Trey in, like, the worst way, but no, I feel like, yeah, if the Kings didn't pass on Luca, we'd be crucifying the Hawks right now for trading him to Dallas, because the Mavericks are set for so long term, because Porzingis bouncing back and being super healthy is huge, too, and, like, this Mav squad just needs a few more pieces, I think, to become, like, a legitimate title threat, but, like, Luca's gonna be a legit MV like, a top three possibly top five depending on how it shakes an mvp candidate next year just because of how good he is
0: the other i think bit a bit about this that i think is just worth learning from a kind of calvesy perspective is like that is what um getting a guy that good can do for you like i am all for like that's the Cavs need to be a team that develops players like they need to do that better that is just a matter of facts fact (laughs) in regard to what they do like you need to to help guys like Colin Sexton and Kevin Porter Jr. and Darius Garland hit that next level. Like, that is a big part of a team success, especially when you're not, you know, a glamour market. But, like, that is, oh, like, being able to get a guy like that is how you actually love a team. I think Colin's good. I think yeah. Darius can be good. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is on his way to probably being the most interesting guy of those three if things the trajectory of him kind of continues. Mm-hmm. But, like, Luca, when you get a guy like that in the way the league works, that unlocks so much for your team. You know, I'm just like, it's such an obvious, dumb thing to say, but, like, you really need a guy like that if you want to hit the highest of the highest. Like, I don't, again, like, I don't Like mm-hmm. even a Trey would probably be, like, where been, I'm going to ask you this just as kind of a, I don't want to, like, I don't want to do this in a way that makes me, like, want to relitigate Sexton because that is dumb and I think Sexton's good and I think. Like he yeah. would be the pick for like it's either him or Shea or the guys I would say are like I would most like a number eight. But if you look at the twenty eighteen draft, mm-hmm. so like the the looking at that that draft again, like here are the guys that I out of the top like let's go lottery picks that I think are actually like good. Aiden, I think is actually like getting on his way to being good. He's not like yeah, Doncic, he's not. but he's good. But he's like a key – like I would have him a little above Sexton right now just in terms of his defense and Mm -hmm. some of the stuff he's doing. It's really, really interesting. Um, Bagley is just an injury mess. He is, but I still think I'd rather have him over – Bagley I had a legit crush on going into that
1: draft. Like he is a modern prototypical forward slash big guy, and I loved him coming in. It's a shame injuries are kind of hindering him so far.
0: All right, so you have him. You have Luca, Jaron Jackson Jr. I would, I would have number two for me personally. I love <laughs> Jaron Jackson. Um, he'd be the yeah. number two behind Luca for me.
1: Actually, I stand corrected. I was thinking Jaron Jackson Jr. When I said that Bagley you no know, is a mass injury. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is I was thinking of. Yeah, no, I'd have Jaron Jackson Jr. too on this two, but it would still be a clear number one in this draft class.
0: Yeah, then you have Trey Bamba, Wendell Carter. Then you have Sexton, Kevin Knox, who's just outright bad. Uh, Mikel Bridges, Shea, Miles Bridges, and Jerome Robinson. That's the top 13. The Mega Porter Jr. is obviously 14. You have mm-hmm. guys coming later in the draft like Dante DiVincenzo, um, uh, Lonnie Walker, Joshua Kogi. I think like, you Shamit have some Landry Shamans in this, draft. Shamit in this yeah. draft. Yeah. The Time Lord Robert Williams, the third, is in this draft. Like there, Anthony Melton in the second round is, is another guy that kind of pops. But. Um, Colin's like pretty high up there in terms of guys I actually think are good. It's just like he's not in the transcendent class. You rank like, the, him? The, what'd you say? How high would you rank him? I'd go Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Trey. Um, I'd probably go Shea then.
1: I'd go Eight and after that. I
0: think Colin is just sitting outside the top five in this yeah. class. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a good outcome for Eight. Eight is not yeah. historically like a great place to be
1: no it's not no um the Cavs maximize their value with the eighth overall pick and it's kind of just a weird situation where you could say like colin could be a very good player considering like historically like you said the eighth pick just isn't great like it could be a lot of fun and just a lot of just colin sexton bucking the trend everywhere he goes
0: the, like eight all time eight picks. It's like Rudy Gay is like one of the best of all time. That since like Kyrie Kittles was an eight pick. Like there's not a lot of like all time like. Too. Yeah, like um, great picks. I think Colin also doesn't benefit from being like on a team like a lot of people watch. You know, I I think that's sort of a thing too. It's just like I think the I think the Cavs are not good and they're not the Mavs or anything like that. And like they're mm-hmm. not the they're not the Clippers like last year or like they're not the Thunder this year with with Shea. But like. This is just like a situation where, the like, I don't think he totally benefits from like some of the, the shine that some of these other teams gets, and I think there's a lack of an understanding when we talk on him in the way. like, I think Collins like again right outside that top five, but yeah, I think that right now there it is fair to say that there is a gap between like Luka is clear, clear number one, and I think Collins not quite in that second second tier for me of these guys. No
1: no i think colin is leading the pack in the third tier i mean you mikhail bridges is really freaking good for phoenix too just from a defensive standpoint and spoiler that's what we're talking about next is wing defense but like he's phenomenal um i like wendell carter jr a lot i think he's just had a very unfortunate situation with jim boyland i think Whoever the new Bulls front office brings in, they should have a coach that encourages them to shoot three pointers again, and you know, let him and like on paper, him and Larry Markkinen are perfect in tandem with each other. And I really wish Wendell Carter fell to like like one more spot to the Cavs, because that's who I really wanted in that draft class when they got eight. But I think Colin is leading the bunch just from an offensive standpoint. But like Bridges is so good defensively that he's like nipping him in the heels. But like it gets kind of murky. But Colin, yeah, he's a tier three player in this draft class, which again is not a bad thing, but he's clearly just not transcendent like Luca. He's not the guy like Luca or Trey and he's not someone you really build your offense or defense around. He's just a complimentary cog in the system when you finally do find that guy. And knowing the Cavs it's probably gonna be when LeBron comes back for his retirement tour.
0: Evan, uh to calm people down now that we uh have really revved up yeah, we never need uh, to take it because easy. I we inadvertently had a con Sexton debate again. Uh, tell us mm. about tell everyone about something that could help them calm down. Well, our
1: friends at CBDMD have the product just for you, me, and everybody. I mean, Chris and I are pretty calm right now. Let's not get it wrong; like we got heated last week at one point, but I think the I think our good friends at CBDMD would help us out back then and help everyone else now because they're probably upset over our thing Sexton takes. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or if you spend eight hours a day in the uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else, CBD MD has to offer. They're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order, which is a deal if you know how expensive CBD products are. Off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at Chalk at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.
0: With that, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk more uh, about wing defense right after this. Okay, Evan, I want to start here. Um, I have a piece as we continue our series, and we're getting towards the end of it, um, which has come very quickly. but. Where we're running through all these different needs. I have wing defense like extremely high up there, um, even more so me. after kind of doing some of the, the research on this for kind of the why it's a need piece at the start of the week. But I'm going to posit a question to you, and then we'll kind of go from there. How many players that are on the Cavs right now would you say are at least average wing defenders? Would um, you define as such?
1: See, the thing is, the Cavs are pretty putrid on the perimeter in terms of okay. defense. I don't, I
0: don't want. We, everyone knows that. I'm going to give the numbers that explain that later. Just give me names. Give me names. I, think, name I me.
1: think Larry Nance Jr. is their best wing defender. And then if yep. you include guys who are no longer here, I mean, John Henson was pretty good at it. I'm, the, I'm, I'm
0: counting guys actually on the roster right now that look, actually like could play minutes on the team and, oh and whenever gosh. they play again.
1: I, after Larry Nance Jr., um, I don't know. Is it like Dante Exum or. Tristan Thompson, when he has to switch on defense, and it's probably one of the two-way guys. He's, like, really unexpected. So maybe it's, like, Matt Mooney or something, too, is up there. Those are some of the names I'm throwing around.
0: Well, okay, so I think Nance, I would define Nance as one. Yeah. I would define Alfonso McKinney as one. Oh, gosh, sorry, Al. Yeah, he is, too. Yeah. Dante, I'm there. Are two, the two guys I would say could be with caveats is Jetty Osmond could be, but number one, I think he's clearly overmatched in his current role. He's like if you look at all the numbers on him like he has a good uh, defensive real plus minus like it's a positive um like a little over one but he's not like he doesn't deflect a lot of passes like he's really just active in, in passing lanes he's not exactly like creating um, turnovers. Exsum like has a history of being a good defender but he's just unhealthy enough for us to bank yeah. on him for anything in terms of projecting out the roster. like if I'm the Cavs, like I, I, as much as I think there's a lot of upside with Dante for at least one year. You know, like, his health is a concern. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is better. The number suggests that Kevin Porter Jr. is better than I would would I would I think. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., for instance, uh, he rates out, like, really, really well in terms of deflections and, and knowing where to be in passing lanes according to the B-ball index data mm-hmm. um, that we now have access to. But he fouls a lot. Like, he's in the 11th percentile in terms of foul rate for wings. Like, yeah. he fouls an absurd amount. It's not good, and it's, you know Colin Sexton is not a good defender. Um, he's not. He's Darius an Garland's an even worse defender. Yeah, they're both
1: undersized.
0: It's it's not even that. It's like they're not like actually like they're not. I don't think particularly good in the team context as of yet. Like they're just not good at getting through screens. Colin was made a leap into year two, but he's still like objectively a liability in that end of the floor. Some of that again his size. Like I, you know, like the the Colin Sexton, can Colin Sexton get to like Eric Bledsoe levels of at least fighting through screens is like mm. hard because he's just not as big as Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is like a real muscle hamster, and Colin could get there, but like that's another two, three years of body development for him to get there. Um, yeah. The Cavs' defense is also just so bad uh, the last two years. So last year, this is from Cleaning the Glass, they had a defensive rating of 115.4. That is 4.5 worse than the league average. Um and that's the second-worst mark in the league. And then in 2018-19, they were even worse at 117.7 defensive rating, so giving up 117.7 points per possessions. That was a full 2.5 points worse than the 29th-ranked Suns and a whopping 7.1 points worse than the league average, again, according to Cleaning the Glass. That is a historically bad defense. Mm. So basically, the Cavs have gone from historically bad to, like, Not historically bad, but, like, still really crappy. And, Evan, I I think, after kind of thinking about this and knowing how basketball is played now, I think aside from, like, raw high-end talent, this is probably the biggest need for the Cavs to me.
1: Yeah, this is is definitely a big need for the Cavs. And thankfully, because of their pick falling to five, they have a nice selection, hopefully at least, of... Wing defenders that can defend one through four at a time, but one they could defend one through four at the collegiate level. And Devin Vassell and Isaac Okoro, which I think we talked about this on our stream with Trevor last week. This wasn't this is, they aren't going to be the end all be all fix it for the Cavs' poorest perimeter defense. It's it's a lot to fix. I think part of it is breaking up Sexton and Garland as the starting tandem in your backcourt because the Sexton is. Six one and playing shooting guard, so he's gonna get dominated in that regard. And Garland and like they're just both so bad defensively to begin with, like their turnstiles, and then that leads to bad rim protection and the Cavs paint defense just being exposed. It's just a mess. Like the Cavs defensively are just a mess. So like I think if you have a strong frontline defense on the perimeter, and if you're able to draft a player like that, or maybe you go bargain hunting in free agency, like I don't know, maybe Andre Roberson. Is available for the cheat for the Cavs. Like I think he'd be a good guy to have to mentor a lot of these young Cavs too, and teach them like how to play stout defense as well. And you know, as a stopgap option, JB likes his veterans, so like that always helps too. But no, Kevin Porter Jr. Like you said, has the potential to be the best perimeter defender of the young bunch, other than Larry Nance. If you want to lump him in there with it as well, but like you said, he fouls like crazy, and I kind of expect that because he's a younger player and kind of just an up and down season just from a coaching standpoint. Like that doesn't help, but. I, yeah, no, this is, like, one of my biggest needs for the Cavs, and it's been a big need for them for the longest time, because the Cavs were burned on the perimeter frequently, and um, it's it it's frustrating to watch, because it's the way the, the NBA's headed, where it's just a three-point heavy attack from all teams, and the Cavs just kind of lagging behind for all these years has just been kind of disheartening to watch, but hopefully they kind of figure it out, and like you said, they're not critical mass like the absolute worst anymore but they're still pretty bad so they're at least they're trending in the right direction if you want to gleam something positive from this but yeah no it's um watching the Cavs get destroyed from the perimeter is never a fun time because it just becomes comically bad The dif- the, the, the the difference between the score and the score almost immediately
0: yeah, I would like obviously argue that they need better rim protection. We made that case here. I made that case in an article, they but
1: they need a better defense period.
0: You need the defenses now are built like perimeter in. Like it is not get Joel Embiid. Like Joel Embiid gives you a, a floor of a defense, but like you need to support Joel Embiid mm-hmm. now more than you ever have. And the Cavs like don't have the support system, and they don't have good perimeter defenders. Like and there's other things that contribute to this. Like I don't think I I can't imagine shuffling through four coaches in two years has been helpful. No. I don't imagine like Kevin Love, who's already not a great defender. Like now nah, he's not exactly trying on defense when you watch him play. I will defend mm-hmm. Kevin Love, and argue that he can still help this franchise in a lot of ways. But like he's not gonna help you defensively anymore, and you have to you have to account for that. Um, and, yeah. There, there's a lot he's, of kind of baked in limitations to to where the Cavs are more, and even like even someone like Nance, like if you want to look at Nance and McKinney, like I think Nance can be like a really really good piece on a good defensive lineup on a playoff team. I believe I believe if you could put him in a good situation, like he would he'd be like like if you give him the Marcus Morris role in the Clippers, he'd be phenomenal. He'd be better than Marcus mm. Morris. No, but I agree. He's not like. Like the Cavs have to have him defend Giannis, or like LeBron, or Kawhi, or have Jetty do it, and that's not like a realistically good outcome. And like McKinney, who I like, is just like solid NBA defender, but there's a reason that he's 28 years old and on an extremely cheap contract. The Cavs mm-hmm. could blow up at any time they wanted to. Like there's a yeah. reason he is not like playing meaningful minutes on a good playoff team right now. Um, yeah, that that's just the reality, and that that kind of means the Cavs are just there's a hard ceiling on this and there's just a lot of baked in kind of issues that are going to take, you know, I don't think it's going to be, I, let's just put it this way. I don't think the Cavs perimeter defense is going to be good next year by any stretch of the imagination. It would be shocking if it was, I hope it's
1: closer to average than it is good. Like that's, I think that's a real, hopefully, a realistic I even think getting to
0: average is like, that's a big jump. Okay. I don't that's... know like the historical precedents, but when I think about being like, like almost five point, like let's say five points per under possessions. If the, if the average is roughly the same, like, I don't know mm-hmm. if they, like, it would take a lot to get to that. And it would involve, like, a lot of things, not just the perimeter, but that's a big leap. I think even if you could shave off, like, get to, like, 23rd, I would be pretty happy.
1: Yeah, no, I think I'd be pretty happy with that, too. And to be fair to Kevin Love, the only time he tries on defense is when a young guy's kind of about to posterize him around his life in that regard. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it at this point. But at the same time, you have to understand maybe – the big picture thing here. Like Kevin's not gonna like fully exert himself on defense. He's gonna put up pretty numbers on offense whenever he can because he's trying to get out of here and he's trying to like put up good numbers and as long as you don't get hurt while you're doing that, it all works out. But maybe that's something he learned from LeBron because LeBron doesn't play defense during the regular season. Um, I mean his Lakers season was a bit of an exception because Frank Vogel's just a really good defensive tactician, so I feel like that played a big part in it as well. But um yeah. I hope the Cavs fix it. I think I'm trying to be optimistic here, hoping that there's marked marked improvements from some of the younger guys, and depending on who they draft, um, it can make a big difference as well. But I think a lot of it does hinge on Sexton. A lot of it, Garland can be a decent enough defender, I hope. I mean, Kevin Porter, if he can turn down the fouls. I mean, Larry Nance was super foul prone and I still feel like it's a problem at times when he's still with the Cavs but it, like he's toned that down a little bit too and Larry's arguably the best defensive player on the Cavs now so there's potential for KPJ as well but we'll just kind of have to see what happens but Chris you know you mentioned Wait, I have one
0: other thing oh. I want to just ask oh. you oh. Oh. before oh, you go okay. to the break the Cavs I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave on a positive note on the, before we talk about the draft the next segment Okay. the Cavs defensive rating post all-star break was 113.1 Okay. that's a that that's like a two point leap. Yes. And it was 19th in the league over that stretch.
1: Could be a dead coach drop. Could be the fact that JB knows what he's doing with an NBA
0: offense. I would say that even though JB, like I think to my understanding, was doing a lot of the defensive work. I do. um, I the dead coach bump could be the thing, but there's I don't know like enough and I don't have like the time to go back and watch like the because this is 11 an 11 game sample. So it's not a lot. But like JB would have coached what eight of those games.
1: Uh yeah, I think so. I had to think about so, the number.
0: Maybe there's something to that. I don't quite know. But like maybe there is there is kind of something to that in those numbers. Um but you know, again we'll see. But yeah, let's uh let's tell everyone I'll tell everyone now about a thing that could help you, you know, stave off that hunger, be a little have that effort on the defensive end, and that's our friends at Bill Bar. The Improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. They have 18 amazing flavors, including 6 new flavors. Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, and Cookies and Cream. Uh, Or sorry, yeah, I said that one already. But 12 original flavors as well. Raspberry, German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Banana Bread, Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel, and a whole bunch more. These are protein bars covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Bill Bars are healthy, they're great for the health conscious guy, it can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for you keto dieters out there. And again, great flavor profiles, great macros for you. cookies and cream. Again, one of the new flavors has 17 grams of protein, a whopping 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, you, you get a free cooler purchase while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's all orders. That is not just a new Bilt order. This is any order right now. So promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com. And thank them for supporting us because they're being great. And we also want to let you guys know about another sponsor, OhioVersusEveryone.com. This is a site that covers all Ohio sports and pop culture. They have in-depth interesting articles about the Cleveland Indians, the Browns, the Cincinnati Reds, the Bengals, the Buckeyes, and a whole bunch more. Um, going on their site, you can find a ton of questions, uh, Cavs stuff in there. For instance, right now they have an article up um, titled Three Questions the Cavs Can Answer in Their In Market Bubble. And Mike Passetti also uh, on their podcast, the OBE podcast, talked about the lottery as well. So you can go check that out over at OhioVersEveryone.com. Um, it's all your favorite teams, all in one site, and because they cover all teams, they give you only the best and most interesting topics. Check them out again. It's OhioVersusEveryone.com. versus That's OhioVersusEveryone.com. versus Okay, Evan, I feel like I've been a gas bag on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, not yeah, uh, I
1: didn't mean that wasn't like an agree anything.
0: Yeah, I was just no, like I, I get it. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna let you lead this year. Let's <laughs> talk about the draft, and I well, I, I, I think we on both on agree. Last Yeah, I feel like that we both agree that the draft sets up to help the Cavs address the wing defense. Even if it's not a, like, we'll fix the whole problem, it is a really good chance to to take a step towards fixing it. I think it's,
1: yeah, no, there are two players that everyone should get very familiar with with the fifth pick in the draft because I'm fairly certain that... The Chicago Bulls are zeroing in a little. I mean, we don't know when the draft's gonna happen because it's gonna get delayed because they're gonna delay the start of the season and free agency in turn with that. So it could be like around Thanksgiving or Christmas when we're actually talking about the draft, which oh, it's a grim thing to think about. But Isaac Okoro out of Auburn is a really good prospect defensively. He six um, six. People are trying to point out his height, because there's a picture of him standing next to Colin Sexton, but Colin's hair makes him look way taller than it is, and I. Quite literally, drew a line on the picture showing the top of Colin's forehead comes up to about Akoro's chin or so, maybe his lips. So he's four or five inches taller than Colin. Maybe he's six five, not six six. But sturdy in the brook shit house is the best way to put him. Um, absolutely jacked for his age. Has a lot of defensive potential. Has a he's a very bad three point shooter. But if you watch, and I've watched a lot of film on him ever since we had our chat with Trevor on Thursday. Has a very sound and fundamental release and shot mechanics. Um, it just needs a little bit of tinkering and everything just to make it really like a fluid motion. And then, um, I think the Cavs personally believe they can do that. From what I heard, and I agree that they can because they have made like jetty Osmond and Colin Sexton, who both had good forms. They fixed them and turned them good three point shooters. They turned Larry Nance, who wasn't even a three point shooter, into a three point shooter. And i think they can do this again like this would be a big project for them i feel just because of how bad he was from the perimeter in college like i don't know collins numbers at alabama but i don't think collins numbers are even this bad in college from three but okoro is a lot of fun and i think trevor's corrected me a few times on this when i spoke with him he thinks he's more of just past his prime iguodala coming into the league and if they fix his shot like it's a lot different but i think If they fix his shot, his floor is Mikael Bridges from Phoenix, who is the player we talked about earlier on when it came to just ranking draft prospects, and just he's a stud defensively. But his absolute ceiling is similar to a Jalen Brown. I don't think he's going to be as transcendent or as talented as Jalen Brown on both ends of the court, but I think that's a fair comparison for him because I think the tools are there. Um, So, yeah, no, Chris, let's talk about Okoro because I need to take a breath. Um, What do you like about Okoro coming out of Auburn?
0: I think I'm kind of more in him over Vassell now just because he is really strong. He's a kind of a bigger wing. The Cavs need... I, the Cavs just, like... It's not a... This isn't, like, the least analytic thing I'll ever say. The Cavs, like, need a, med, a guy who just, like, is a little jacked. Yeah. Like, Jetty Osmond is rail-framed, if you will. Yeah. Like, Kevin Porter Jr. has, like, the... Could add some muscle, but that's not exactly, like, his... Like, what he's going to profile as. Like, I think he's going to be a big two... The Cavs need a wing. I think that is a little bulkier. That can handle some of the bigger wings in the league. Like if you look at the kind of wings that are going to dominate them. I'm not saying a core is going to come in and like be able to like defend Kawhi or or Siakam or you know Hardens really strong or LeBron or whatever or Giannis even. But like no one can actually defend those guys. But they don't have anyone that can even try physically. And I would be trying to like get a cheap veteran, and then like draft a Coro as kind of a solution to that. That that's kind of where I'm at with that. And you know, if if Drummond opts out and they have money to spend, it's easier to see how you could, you know, maybe find a guy like that. Like that's certainly um, kind of a an option. Maybe you could also like there, there's actually like a, a restricted free agent center I'd be kind of interested in actually as like a long term option. Um, in in Yakapertel, and then you know, Chris Dunn is is there as well. Um, mm-hmm. as a defender it's kind of would improve the team's perimeter defense. But I'd be kind of go that route to just kind of do some stuff, um, you know, or if you want to like throw some money at like Lugan's dort after his really good playoff performance, just to see if you could get the thunder to bite and kind of keep developing him. Like that's the kind of stuff that could be really interesting. Like there are kind of cheaper options out there, but Okoro Coro is like a draft guy is like big and strong. And I, I kind of love that as a wing defender because the Cavs have no one like him on their roster.
1: No, they really don't, and I think that's a guy you can draft and develop with this team to maybe also form a bit of a defensive culture and identity, because not only is Okoro a big dude, he's also kind of a culture setter at Auburn, like, that's, like, his stats are underwhelming, and I think Dave Zavak was talking to us about it, where he's like, yeah, his per 40 numbers are kind of, like, eh, like, in terms of scoring, but I'm like, if you look at it, he had to do everything for Bruce Pearl at Auburn, and I think if, you know, lightning is lowed a little bit and Cleveland would help a lot, and he's going to be doing a lot of extra work on the defensive side of the ball, at least the first coming into the league. But he can also set a culture and identity. Like, Colin already is being viewed as the next person to do that for the Cavs, especially if Tristan Thompson exits in free agency. But if you have a core there as well, like, you get a bunch of hardworking guys who will just bust their asses and... You know, set the tone on offense and defense. Like it's gonna work a lot of way. it's all overplayed and cliche, but I think it's it's a good place to start, a great place to build off of.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that's right. Um, would you, I think are you a Vassell guy over Okoro?
1: Um, I personally like Vassell because he is. Uh, I worry, like, if the Cavs go with Okoro over Vassell, like, is Vassell going to be the one that gets away from them? Because I like a lot of what Vassell brings to the table too. I just think there are some concerns with him you know not being as athletic and you know being a really thin frame player at least because at least if you like put him in a coro side by side like Vassell looks like a beam pole next to him but freakishly long wingspan has a super crisp three point shot hippoly he shot 42 percent for his collegiate career which is absolutely bonkers because they don't really shoot threes in college um that's pretty impressive in itself but I think his ceiling isn't as high as a coro just because of age I know he's a young sophomore but I think we're starting to maybe see a little bit more of a well-rounded product. So you look at it this way, Isaac Okoro is you're if you're the Cavs are drafting him, you're drafting him based on his belief in his potential. If you're drafting Devin Vassell, you believe he has some potential, but not as much as Okoro, but he's a safer pick and you can plug him in instantly. And he provides, he, he's also play; he's good at playmaking as well. He's shown potential as a playmaker, but he's awesome as a defender. He is a superb three point shooter. And, um, can play on the wing which is another need for the Cavs and you can play with the two next to either Garland or Sexton. you can slide him over to three and bench Jetty in that regard like there's a lot of tinkering you can do with an offensive situation like that if you bring in either with, with Vassell you can do it with Aquario as well but Vassell is so ch- such a good three-point shooter that you don't have to take the time to teach him to become a better three-point shooter and make him a competent one um which is always you know helpful and um sorry Cortana just popped up while I was talking so it just made me lose my train of thought um also the Cavs gonna be a playoff team next year you and I agree that it's not gonna happen but I think if they're really serious about that you really need to think like okay maybe they need to take Vassell and it's more ready finished product and like you can just plug them in and chug along and try and you know flirt with the eight seed and fall short
0: I think the argument for me that makes me favor core over Vassell is that like Vassell is obviously a very very good team defender Um, I think Okoro, like, might... Like, the Cavs already have good team defenders. I want to take a swing on a guy that, like, could be my lockdown lead defender. And, like, Vassell could be that too, but Okoro's, I think, ceiling seems a little higher. Yeah,
1: I feel more comfortable saying Isaac Okoro at this point just from watching a lot of tape on both of them. I've, like, watched an unhealthy amount of tape on both of them. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, I think... In terms of lockdown and individual defense, I'd have to give it to Okoro, but, like, no, Vassell is just a good... Like, most Florida State players are just really good coming out of Florida State, and, like, it's just a good college for creating defensive prospects, so um, I'm comfortable with either of them, but I think, yeah, you could talk me into either pick, and, like, I've talked myself into Okoro because that three-point shooting percentage, you know, is ghastly to look at when you first look at it, just reviewing, like, box score numbers and just tangible data but you start to like watch the tape and you start to see what kind of like just what he brings to the table. And just in terms of like what his potential fit could be with this Cavs squad. And I think he has a better fit and I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's, it's tough. I, I would be happy with either prospects and I'd be funny. I'd be happy with Denny as well, but just in terms of defense, I'd be happy with either prospect.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for today's show because I'm a gas bag. We ran a little bit long. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back later. Justin Rowan's going to be on the pod. Jordan Zerm is going to be in the pod. Gas Yes, Justin Rowan, <laughs> mega gas bag. Uh, but we'll be back uh-huh. later this week. Thanks just for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the Luca show. And um, Evan, send everyone out. Um,
1: wear a mask, go Cavs, and you know it's. I never thought we could say this again, but back when LeBron first joined the Heat, we were doing the whole Cavs for Mav, or Mavs or for, Cavs for Mavs movement. Like I think we can bring it back this time, baby. Like I'm riding this Luca wave, and. Make it easier for LeBron to win another title. If he can knock the Clippers out, that'd be pretty nuts. But yeah, no. Go Cavs. Wear a mask.
0: See you guys soon.